0: This is what camp's about! Who's with me? Keep telling
1: your little story. What was that? Hello? Hello? Can anybody?
0: Time for you all to leave. Hey! Clearly this group has no respect for my lab.
1: Oh, Bumpy. You
0: gave it a name that's precious.
1: We're on our own.
0: We've lined up exclusive behind-the-scenes tours of Jurassic World. Ooh.
1: Yes! Dinosaurs? Plenty of dinosaurs. So? Ready for an adventure? Absolutely. But I'm going to need that speech a little shorter and really try to lean into the majesty of this place. (laughs) Okay, we're going now. Let's get the six of you to camp. Welcome back to our Camp Cretaceous month-long celebration here at the Jurassic Park Podcast, where we've been taking a look at each episode of the series on Netflix. And in this episode, we're going to be breaking down episode 7 of the show, titled Last Day of Camp. So let me ask my fellow camper Chris Pugh from Jurassic Outpost, have you enjoyed your stay at, at the camp? You doing good you're you right? I, I, I have. I have been enjoying <laughs> my stay at a uh, camp, you know?
0: I, I nothing, nothing gets like the blood pump in like some obstacle courses while dinosaurs
1: are trying to eat you. <laughs> I always like a good ropes course or zip line when a dinosaur is dangling right in front of me. Yeah, it's always good, it motivates. You know? <laughs> it,
0: it it motivates you to use those muscles that uh, maybe you just actually don't have, and then like then you have them, you know. This yeah, like
1: like yeah. I need definitely. like a, a ninja warrior course with dinosaurs on it to like get through this yes. camp, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is winding down. We're getting to the end of our our kind of retrospective look back here, and this is episode seven. So we're getting like really close to the end. Do you have any thoughts on? Uh, maybe just the series as a whole and this episode as we wind it down? So, up until this
0: point, you know, watching Camp Cretaceous for the first time, it was just an absolute delight, to be honest <laughs> with you. So, I came in a little skeptical and a little bit nervous. And uh-huh. then I was just immediately taken on a really, really nice adventure. And it just, it's just been a really nice Jurassic story. And at this point, things have really. Really found their course and it's tense. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm invested into the characters and it's just a lot of fun to see how it's paying off while these events of the movie was were going on. I don't know. I was yeah. quite happy.
1: That's that's one of my favorite things. Obviously, is like the second that uh, episode. I think it was episode four rolls around and and Mizrani comes in. You know what you're in for. You can finally like you know you know where you are in the timeline and that was always one of my biggest questions of the show is like, mm-hmm. where are we? When is this going to be said? And that's cool that like, you can follow it plot by plot as as far as Jurassic World's concerned. And now, uh, this episode, last day of camp, so this one, I think, um, you know, we we ended episode six with like that, that siren blaring, right? And mm-hmm. at that point in time, you know, everybody is seems to be gone from Main Street area and the lagoon and all that. So like, we're kind of like at this in-between moment in Jurassic World where um we kind of skip from daytime to nighttime really quick in the film. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is kind of like unexplored territory for a little bit of time here. Um and I like that. I appreciate I definitely don't remember that from Jurassic World. So I hope all's okay. I don't know what it's about. Did you when you heard that siren blaring were you like Uh, okay. That sounds unusual. Or were you like, ah, that's just some like random thing. I I don't know. It's just trying to get people to to leave the park.
0: Yeah, so the way the last episode ended with that siren blaring was incredibly ominous and incredibly fitting. It just had a, it was such a tone setter of, um like, this is very serious type of thing. And it really is. When you consider actually the events of what's happening there in the grander scale of the franchise, the, the events that were set in motion, that is a very pivotal moment, not just for our characters, but for the world as a whole. So, like, I don't know. It kind of hit at the right level where I'm like, this is cool and yeah. kind of scary.
1: It it was definitely kind of scary. Like It was super ominous just ending that way and then, of course, picking back up. And I have an audio clip here, which hopefully will work. Uh, We'll see. I actually didn't even test that, so that would have been a good thing to do. So let's go ahead and play this audio clip before uh, we get into the next part here.
0: Very tough for immediate evacuation. Last ferry departs in two hours.
1: That's it?
0: No explanations? That's all we get.
1: We have to move. The only way we're gonna make it is if we run. Um... Are we sure that's the best way to get there? I'm fine. I've competed with a torn ACL. You should be way more worried about Ben and Bumpy. <sighs> What we should all be worried about is catching a boat out of here. And, naturally, we have a problem. We're here. The docks are on the southern tip of the island. Even if we ran at peak yaz speed, there's no way we'd make the last boat out. You don't know that. Yeah, yes, I do. I memorized the evacuation plan on the ferry ride over. Uh. <gasps> okay, so, we need another way. Um, Can we use those somehow? Or send someone to tell the fairy people to wait, or. Or make a few jetpacks real quick? Oh, we should befriend a unicorn! <laughs> Face it, it's hopeless. <laughs> we will be arriving <laughs> at Main Street, your destination Is for five nights nice shopping at <laughs> Jurassic, Jurassic World. Followed by, by stuff at the Jurassic, Jurassic World at a South Ferry, ferry Dock. dock. Monorail! What? What? Hmm. Nicely played, universe. Hurry! So uh, I I love, like, kind of the goofiness of some of these characters and the things they say. It, it always makes me laugh. So I enjoy the, the the woot woots and the unicorn talk and all that good stuff. But uh, inside of all that, there's some fun, like, you know, in-world stuff as far as, like, oh, you get to hear some monorail spiel. You get to hear, like, this this park announcement as far as, like, you need to get to the South Ferry dock within two hours kind of helps to, like, you know give you a good timeline within the film as well um as far as like where things are and uh, you would i don't know like uh somewhere i don't know like when does that uh that raptor chase or the raptor run happen in jurassic world so i don't know how like how that corresponds to this departing in two hours business so it's all it's all pretty fluid i think as far as timeline goes
0: yeah, so I, I think what's going on, and I mean, we can only guess, but it's fine. Yeah. I don't think anything doesn't... Do you hear me, by the way?
1: I can hear you. <laughs>
0: oh, okay, I got really worried. Um, I don't think there's any really issues with the timeline there. Um, But I do think, like, it's... I guess we're looking at a point that at this point, I believe they believe they've cleared out all park guests. Like they've probably done yeah. sweeps systematically, cleared through these areas. So now the kids have basically missed it. I'm sure if they would push towards Main Street, they could find some Jurassic World like staff that are helping with the evacuation. <clears throat> but considering the monorail is empty, I think we're left assuming visitors have been exited out of Main Street. If they might be somewhere else, but they're not using the monorail. They're they're pushed out of here. This area is clear.
1: Yeah, I I, like on one hand, I kind of get that and I understand. But like, on the other hand, there's zero people anywhere. And it's just a little odd, you know, but like, I understand because you can't have anybody around. Otherwise, they'd get off the island and the show would be over. You know, so I think it's,
0: I think it's almost like a budgetary thing. Like probably it's if true. they had more money, they would have just done something where the camera pans over and we see how the kids are just missing intersecting with people. Because I think mm. we're able to assume it's a big island. There's a lot of wheels in motion. There's a, people are being steered every which way. They're off the grid. I think that they, you know, they kind of keep missing like yeah. <laughs> key sweep points type of deal. Yeah. It's not that unbelievable, but I think it would help if we watched and understood if times the camera just gave us a little more to go off of, but it doesn't really bother me. Cause I don't think it, it is kind of funny though. I would have liked to see more of that, but <laughs> it's more of like what I want to see more of, not necessarily like what didn't work.
1: Yeah. That I mean, a- the show would get itself in trouble if there was people all around and they could mm-hmm. easily find their way off the Island and all that, uh, you know, so it makes sense. But like when you put it into motion, it just seems odd that there's nobody around, you know, especially going to the monorail station, which they do next. And again, there's no yeah. no employees there, nobody driving, nobody doing anything. Of course it's probably a lot, you know, very automated, the park and everything. So they do attempt to, to go up there, but of course Toro is, is right around mm-hmm. the corner blocking their way, Uh, Darius distracts Toro, um, and Toro uh, hears the announcement as the monorail pulls in and then uh, just, you know, goes all out attacking them, right? And then dinosaurs, I guess, never got good training when it comes to going upstairs. (laughs) So. <laughs> I, you know,
0: <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, uh, you know, I just saw even on my Twitter today, like a video of I think a Dotson trying to jump downstairs. Um, <laughs> and it's very awkward. So like when an animal hasn't really encountered something like that, like some mm. of that clumsiness isn't necessarily even like on uh, un- like it's not like it can't get up there, but it's like trying to account for what it thinks stairs are. I, imagine- I felt pretty believable to me that an animal yeah. encountering something like that would stumble and struggle. And Carnotars are sort of weirdly shaped.
1: Yeah. Animals, I feel like yeah, with their arms being so tiny, their their <laughs> proportions are weird, like their their ballads is way off. So they're falling all over the place. And even I like we, it. I yeah, I love it too. I mean, it's a good way to make it just miss you know like just missed all these kids and you know it could have got him but man was that floor slippery you know <laughs> like especially i think it's i think it's this episode maybe you know when it's in in the tunnels and stuff and it's trying to go around corners and it's just i can mm-hmm. imagine that concrete being like very slippery as it tries to go around the corner and stuff like that so yeah, yeah it makes sense
0: and it it's a good callback to, you know, a real Carnotaurus fact, you know, about how they, you know, went earlier in the season. were like, zigzag, don't run in a straight line. You know, the Carnotaurus yeah. can't, like, pivot as easily with its movement. And that's actually something real. There's a lot of attention to detail in this season. And it's just something that I really, really appreciate um, with both Jurassic and dinosaurs. And it's just something yeah. that creates this really believable character. And I think that it creates these really just, like, I love the cat and mouse game that the Carnotaurus plays with them up until then where it just, in it feels like a callback to old, almost like Ray Harryhausen films, like the way that it uh-huh. falls and animates. There's like, it's, I like it. It's very <laughs> visually enjoyable or like Land Before Time also kind of reminds me of the yeah. Rex when it was snapping that land, that the uh, other, like the kid, kid dinosaurs in Land Before Time just on the ground reminds yeah. me of that.
1: Yeah, and, and in that in that fashion, it's also like uh, the the T Rex kind of bursting through that little you know uh, merch stand as the the kids and everybody mm-hmm. are just like coming out of there. So yeah, very similar. So it's not like you know out of uh, the the canon or the continuity of the film. So mm-hmm. it works. Um, at yeah, this point, it's the playful kids, but yeah, fun. Oh yeah, and the the show is very playful and fun like throughout it, as well as being you know scary at times and, and, and tense. Yeah. Um, and, and Kenji's feeling that he he's feeling at this point they're, they're on the monorail. He's like, we, we still aren't safe just because you said we're safe. Now we're not safe. We're definitely not. Safe. He's like playing into the fears of the viewer. And I, I love that yeah. so much. <laughs>
0: He's call he's de- absolutely calling out the tropes and yeah. but it
1: also doesn't it doesn't feel like it's
0: breaking the fourth wall it feels believable what I think mm-hmm. what's really cool is they manage to fit these quips in these like quirky moments within the characters themselves in a very believable natural way they they, they manage these things really well and I, I definitely mm-hmm. the entire season I kind of took note I'm like they're handling this There's, these are some very large personality kids that. Mm-hmm. Without any adults around, it could maybe slip into certain tropes or um, just not work. But and it worked really well, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and I, I think like all. I, yeah, I think all the kids like really transform and and, and uh, use their, you know, whether it's their stereotype or or their skills like to their advantage. And uh, Kenji is is definitely one of my favorite characters. He's always like cracking me up. <laughs> so. Um, so at this point, we're um, we cut to Dave and Roxy, uh, who've mm-hmm. been trying to track down the kids. The kids are nowhere to be found. They finally made it to the lagoon, and uh, can, uh I think Roxy like spots some glasses on the ground. She's like, Kenji probably wore these. They're 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 safe, and they they're fine. They they definitely made it. Like, <laughs> they're not in the lagoon <laughs> dead. <laughs> you know what's funny is that it's like.
0: For one thing i want to rewind for a second when dave and roxy come um swing in with the flashlights that feels like a very uh strong callback to jurassic park when um uh, ellie and muldoon come for uh, uh looking for grant and the kids because they're even shouting their names the flashlights the music's true. very similar the camera pivots up it was a really cool moment i'm like that kind of feels like a slight homage like visually and tonally to like jurassic there
1: yeah. Um
0: but yeah no it's funny is how she finds those glasses and i roll my eyes because that's like one of those moments i'm like that's silly and unneeded and it's so unneeded because they look up on the monorail and the kids yeah. are on it so like we don't they didn't need a <laughs> yeah, <it's true>. very <laughs> unbelievable way for roxy to know that they're alive uh-huh. because they see them like a second later so i'm like why did <laughs> why Why is that in there that's like one of those like moments where i'm like this is like for like it's kind of cheesy and it's like uh-huh. unneeded
1: because like if yeah, it was for, for a soul sure.
0: i get it but it wasn't for a solve. i don't understand why it exists
1: <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I don't have any clue. It would have it would have been fine taken straight out. But yeah, they are right there in the monorail. They can see them as they're driving away. Um, and uh, at that point, they're like Toro. Toro walks up and and is just kind of like rummaging around. And they're like, "All right, it's time to leave. Time to leave. Time to get out of here." <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I like that. I, I like the. I just. The Carnotaurus has a very naturally animalistic thing, but it reminds me – and this is not a complaint. It kind of reminds me of a puppy in the sense where puppies are just (laughs) trying to get the feel of the world. They're unsure about things. Like earlier it was like you know smashing the barrel on the ground. Then it has trouble with the stairs. It's just this Mm -hmm. animal that – yeah, it's used to nature, but now it's encountering man-made things. And it's just like, what is this? What is this? And it's just sort of finding its way in the world. And the poor thing is just getting – just constantly beat up. <laughs> These kids are like the bane of Toro's existence. From like the first time oh, we meet him,
1: yeah, seriously. They the think that he's going to have like a great time just getting let out by the by the Indominus. And it's like, all right, let's go party. Instead, I'm going to get taken out by some teen teenagers or whatever. So, <laughs> <laughs> like just even the
0: first time we meet him and he gets his face wound, and I'm
1: like, man, <laughs> poor Toro. <laughs> Uh, sorry. So at this point, the kids are are really excited because they're on the monorail. They're going to the dock. They're ready. Um, I think even Ben has like some treats for the road, uh, which, mm-hmm. by the way, are apparently nasty. Um,
0: nature's chocolate, uh, <laughs> which also, but chocolate and
1: nature's. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Same thing? Uh, <laughs> Another don't know. nature's chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Um and, and the kids are the kids are excited and they're celebrating and uh, one of the things they do is basically uh talk about what they're going to do when they get home. So let me play this little audio clip here and uh we'll hear what they have to say. I cannot wait to be home. Once my ankle's better, it's back to training. And I guess finding a new corporate sponsor since mine was Jurassic World. But you know, it's going to be weird for things to be normal again. Like are video game's gonna seem boring now. <laughs> How about you? What's the first thing you'll do when you get home? Depends on which wing of our mansion you're talking about. East wing's usually off limits, but Dad and Candy are away on business, so... <laughs> I guess I'll go downstairs to our bowling alley. <laughs> Staff always lets me win. Life of a VIP. So, what have you missed, Ben? Oh, let me guess. You! Can't wait to get home to your closet of dork pouches. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha. Very funny. Seriously, Ben, you've had juice boxes for days. How much stuff can you fit in that thing? (laughs) One, lots. And two, obviously the first thing I'm going to do when I get back is restock it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so... We get it we get a lot in this we first off we get the fact that uh Yaz uh, has to find a new corporate sponsor because we, we just found out it was Jurassic world which is cool I like that like the yeah. show it keeps like keeps uh implementing all these little details as as to why these kids are here um mm-hmm. and that's awesome I really like that she's a good runner so that's that's cool I would love to see like her track uniform or whatever with like Jurassic world logos on it or something you know that's cool
0: yeah there's little world building elements like there's a lot of context that like that this kind of gives in the world that we don't necessarily get to see but it's cool that we're actually seeing that these elements are there and yeah each of them makes sense for being at a test run of an upcoming camp you know this is the Mm -hmm. perfect this is the way that things go you know now is you get a bunch of influencers (laughs) or whatnot and it just it really is like whether or not they're influencers they have the main influencer but they're taking each of Mm -hmm. these okay we have the dino nerd everything like that and it's um Makes sense. It's a good way to flesh out your character list in a way that's like actually in theme, like with the story, in a really mm-hmm. fun way. Like you can hit a lot of tropes that way.
1: I yeah, I love that that Brooklyn being the actual influencer, like with twenty seven million followers. I'm like that is, that's outrageous. Okay, <laughs> that's ins- <laughs> that is insane. No, but you, I,
0: you constantly feel. I I know that I was really I I, I like the way they handle her character and the mm-hmm. the pressure that she's under with that. And I think oh that's, yeah. Um, not something that i would have expected them to do and Mm -hmm. i think that it's absolutely required and i think it's kind of like it opens up a whole nother can of worms of discussion for i guess another topic but yeah (laughs) no it's definitely a heavy theme and i i i like
1: that it's there well Kenji's kind of like that as well, where he's like, mm-hmm. he is constantly throwing the fact that he's like rich and and like, you know, he's got everything he ever wants. But like, he has so much heart in this show, and it's so surprising, like, especially after that first episode, to hear how much heart he has throughout this and to hear him kind of like trail off and talk about like how they always let me win and this, you know, I is his life is boring at this point, and he and he's he's kind of like has nothing to reminisce about, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, each of these kids, I don't necessarily want to call it entirely trauma but like they have uh darius obviously yeah. um but then you know kenji with a very distant relationship with his father um which is obviously you know something that he's very bothered by mm-hmm. and he doesn't seem to have like a good like kind of like just family uh life yeah. for him um you know what we're talking about with brooklyn dealing with that yaz and you know having things like corporate sponsorships and you know even you know it's just that's a that's a lot of pressure if it's not trauma it's a lot of pressure so there's there they before jurassic world went to hell they're already dealing with this stuff and it's actually like a really i like that these, these showed that we can see these complex human themes even coming up over top the dinosaurs like that that's what's more important the dinosaurs hmm. i mean yeah that's gonna be something that they're gonna have to remember but um yeah, no, I, I like i don't know I, I like that the show gets heavy with some of that
1: yeah and there's a lot of sweetness going on but then an explosion mm-hmm. basically we, like rocks the monorail the kids are looking around we don't really see what it is um darius doesn't think that it was near them I, at this point in time i'm thinking like all right what was that so far we've been going in line with the films right we've we've been like following the indominus as it's been you know, attacking all this different stuff. We we have these all, all these inter, uh, interactions with it. What's the next inter- interaction? And I'm thinking, okay, this is the part where the Raptors go out on a chase and they they find the Indominus, and then a rocket launcher explodes. Uh, Charlie, I believe, right? And I'm like, yeah. that has that has to be Charlie <laughs> exploding, right? Like that's what this is. Is it? And I thought that. And and later on, the, they do mention you know, or obviously we do see the um the the monorail. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, off kilter and it looks like it's on fire and stuff like that. So I guess they're saying that that's what that explosion was. But when I'm, when I'm watching this in real time, I'm like, that's gotta be Charlie, right?
0: I, I thought the same thing. And I honestly, do kind of think it might be charlie maybe the implication yeah. is the battle against the indominus Rex with the raptors and everything like that like maybe that was closer to a monorail track and maybe another rocket went off and one went off track and smacked that up there as well mm. but yeah no i think that, that yeah. timing was that time the timing of it felt like that was supposed to be a cue for people that are wa- that know jurassic world like okay this is when this is happening it makes sense and it's like mm. oh poor charlie
1: <laughs> yeah i kind of refuse to like acknowledge the fact that the monorail was off the track or whatever I, i'm I'm sticking with the charlie thing because that makes a lot more sense to me it was you it know? was the it was the <laughs> sheer impact of
0: charlie blowing up that <laughs> t- rocked it off kilter it was just too close it hit it too hard <laughs> right I
1: like, like, like we, I, I, we don't get it but man would there would have been a great time if like one like the kids felt a little bit of heat off of main street and they're like oh that was when, sh- when which ever dinosaur was cooked on the f- the flame on the open flame at. Uh... <laughs> um, but yeah, so,
0: uh, oh yeah, I mean, I, you know, grilled grilled Delta.
1: <laughs> I always lose track of which dinosaur, which at, at towards the end of that movie, I'm like, I don't, I don't even. Uh, it's, it's not worth it's, me figuring. It's you know? dark
0: and they're moving so fast, mm-hmm. so it is kind of hard to tell because like you only get like hero shots yeah. of blue at that point for the most part.
1: Yeah. Um, all right, so we're, we're at this point. Uh, we we heard that explosion, and the kids are worried, obviously. Um, but Sammy's like, "All right, we're we're all gonna leave his friends, so we'll all be okay." Um, I found it interesting that like all the kids, all of a sudden, are like, "We have nothing in common. Uh, <laughs> are are we even ever gonna see each other again?" It's just it's a kind of weird like weird transition. But I, you know, I guess maybe you would think that. It, i don't know like it's weird it was had the most a... unbelievable
0: scene to me in episode one i mean uh, not episode one season one i'm sorry like okay. it was that actual moment right there uh, where, when they talk about will we ever see each other again and they reminisce on that and they're like well, we're each gonna go our own ways in life that that i could feel that that made sense but mm-hmm. when they're like are we really even friends i'm like no that's not how it is the real thing is like more like will we ever see each other again yeah they're like i, I don't know that it's a nitpick But Mm -hmm. it did strike me as a weird way. But then I do appreciate that kind of conversation about, you know, starting to reflect on this huge life-changing event I shared with Mm -hmm. these people that I'm never going to be able to see again. How can I process this? And it's sort of – that is that sort of that – I mean, like even like something like summer camp you go to and then you realize like as the days go on, you're like, I'm probably not going to see most of these people again. Like I'm best friends with them now and I'm not going to. But then (laughs) take that and add it to something like Jurassic World going to hell and it's like – it's a lot to process in a short amount of time. So I, I appreciate yeah. that it does get sad and dark there. Just the lead into it
1: was kind of like. I I feel like I'm the opposite. It's always like years later, I'm like, oh, I forgot to talk to my friend. Okay, I guess we're no longer friends anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was it. That was the end. You know, it's not it's not intentional. It just happened. It would never, you know. It, no, Yeah, exactly. It just,
0: it just happens sometimes. <laughs>
1: Um, I do have an audio clip here. Uh, this is another one from Darius uh, when they're all on a monorail. So let's let's take a listen. Coming up on the right, you'll see our world-renowned eighteen-hole dinosaur-themed golf course. It's one of the many wonders that makes this park so very Jurassic. <laughs> what does that even mean? I thought I knew. My whole life, I had this idea of Jurassic World. My dad used to say this place was all Osaurus and a bag of chips. He was so corny. Um, was so your dad is. So we're we're getting hit again with this mm-hmm. with the sad dad stuff, and it, every time it just like tears me apart, and. I, I, I forgot that up until this moment nobody else had any clue, and it, until mm. he said was, and you know everybody's just rocked at that moment, and they all they all kind of put their foot in their mouth a little bit, um, but yeah, it, it's a it's a very touching moment there, especially with the score, like perfect use, you know. Yeah. Well, no, I
0: thought – I really – again, this goes back to when I say that this this show tackled heavier themes in a good way. I thought that that was really appropriate because when you lose somebody in your life to something like that, a lot of times when you're younger, a lot of pressure kind of goes on you to grow up uh, more quickly. Mm -hmm. And you kind of carry a baggage of – just because of that you tend to find yourself in more like leadership positions then more people are kind of relying on you. And it kind of Mm -hmm. builds a sense of burden and a sense of responsibility that is just weighing in on him. And on top of that, you know, his dream place that he wanted to go with his dad is now just like, it just, there's so many things that are probably playing out for Darius that, uh, just are probably like at the core of who he's going to be for the rest of his life at this very moment. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate the shows handling that and the way that it's really written into the story and kind of, just key to it in a lot of ways to why his character is who he is and why he does do the things that he does, why he is a leader, but also why he, you know, feels the pressure and everything along those lines.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's crushing. The the fact that like, yeah, they waited for so long to be able to go to this park and it was the one thing that Mm -hmm. they wanted to do and to see it happen like this and to fall apart. It's, it's crushing. It's just such a a sad moment. So yeah. So (laughs) Moving on <laughs> from there, uh, we find out that uh, that Ben uh, mentions his mom works from his So we're still getting these details, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and and coming to camp, I guess, was a way for him to face his fears. But like, he's like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I can't do this anymore. Basically, like, they've had too many close calls. This is not like his kind of thing. But at least he met Bumpy, you
0: know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah. Fair enough. Also, it's really curious, though, because when you think about the implications of him, like all they're very important kids. Uh This was probably like when you think about what's playing out, it has to be like what was like the number one news story coming out of this park, like on top of everything. Like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I I wonder if that's a a way to this is genuinely just me spitballing and thinking right now. I wonder if that's something that could be explored in the future. Like, you know. I, I don't know it's I, it's interesting all these characters have these seeds to the world the the, the grander world in a fun way.
1: Yeah, um, there's there's all those like those mentions like his mom working for Mizrani or the anger uh, yeah and and uh like Sammy's family supplying the meat or whatever and even Kenji's dad having like all these uh, uh condos or, or whatever he has like the the rooms at the at the park I'm I'm just waiting like this entire time. I'm like waiting for somebody to mention some sort of tie to something we know or something. So that could always be something explored in the future, which would be a cool way to kind of tackle that. But, yeah, I, I, I always wonder why they're calling these things out. But at least we get uh, those touchstone moments where we know what they're doing there. Um, mm-hmm. So and he just doesn't want to face his fears. But the monorail is experiencing some sort of attack at this point in time. And Darius kind of figures it out before everybody else. And he's like, we got to turn the lights off. And they start like smacking all the lights in the, in the thing. And, uh, we we come to find out that the tetranodons are attacking the monorail, which I love this. I love the fact that like, you know, they mentioned that like, Hey, birds, like shiny moving objects or something like that. So that we gotta, we gotta take this thing out and make it dark in here. And the, it's, it's, it's pretty scary. Like attack sequence, I think it is.
0: It's a really cool and a really scary attack sequence, and the (laughs) Tranodons look really cool in Camp Cretaceous Mm -hmm. because I've mentioned—I don't know if you've ever like directly said it this um, way—but like the dinosaurs have like almost like a stop-motion claymation type of look to them in some of their Uh some of their best money shots, I would say, and when they're rendered in a hyper-real way Mm -hmm. where there's like almost like frame drops or like I don't know—it's a cool look. So the trandon, the design of the trandon, which I notoriously. Don't like compared to past <laughs> yeah. brand on designs. Sure, yeah. I think looks really cool. It looks so appropriate. It's such a cool design for that format. It's not necessarily something I like for the films, but it mm-hmm. looks so cool in that format. It's like you look at it, and you're like I wonder if it was like Ray Harryhausen like inspired or whatever, like because it <laughs> like it fits that that stop motion look uh-huh. so well.
1: I, I don't know, know. The whole we we mentioned the stop motion stuff um, a few up, I guess maybe I don't know which episode a few episodes ago with the uh, mosasaurus. Like that mm, is like a huge that, moment where I'm like, what is it? What's happening here? Why does I'm, it look still, like this? It's amazing looking. I don't know why. It's so I'm cool. still
0: expecting a see- a making of for this show to come out and be like, yeah, we use stop motion for some of the shots and that being <laughs> yeah. one of them or something because it looks so cool and incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, like it. They really leaned into it. There is yeah. the best way I could say they. They really leaned into that miniature practical look in a really cool way.
1: Yeah, I don't know how they did it, but it looks awesome. And uh, yeah, so the, the, these these tyrano, uh, are awesome. I love how they're they're attacking the thing, and they they, what they realize what it... what's that? I think this explains
0: this is in a way. It's explaining what happened in Jurassic World is they obviously like are attracted to loud sounds quite a bit. So I think what we're seeing is a little retroactive explanation of why the Tranodons beeline for main streets. They probably heard all the sirens and stuff and just like mm. swooped in and. I like the fact that they're uh, just kind of big dumb birds rather no, 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 no. than like murder <laughs> machines like they're just Yeah,
1: they're just going wherever yeah, wherever they sense something like big, even dumb the even Yeah, even the even the uh, the siren going off in the last episode at the end we see we hear the siren and then mm-hmm. we see them flying away. So uh, yeah, it kind of makes sense there and uh, at at this point the kids are like all right, we got to stop this monorail because up ahead uh, is uh, is one of the monorails that's just like it looks like it's been attacked. I think they're like pteranodons on it and it's on fire and all that stuff. Um, I just don't know
0: how they saw it at the speed. This thing's like going as fast <laughs> as like a so, speed train. So, so I don't know how <laughs> like, like how they saw it and had enough time to do everything that comes. Like, I do, but yeah. you know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so fast. Yeah, yeah. It's this is this is like the monorail train of uh, the like the Fast and Furious airplane. No, uh, you know what? Tra- you know, like.
0: Y- I just saw it's evac mode. That's why there's nobody in the park. They Ah, they can just amp those things up into evac mode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the control car's locked, so they can't change that evac mode. And and uh, Darius is like, me and Ben are the only ones who can fit through the roof. Or he's like, "Uh, I I'm the only one who can do it. And uh, you know, because at that point Ben had literally just said, like, this is not for me. I can't do this stuff. That was incredible. Um, so, so he, so anyway, Ben just is like, all right, I'm going to make the move. I'm going to do it. And he's already, he's up on the roof. He's there. He's, uh, the kids are distracting the, 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 the Pteranodons like with their flashlights. I love that. Um, <laughs> and they made like really a cool. little. They made yeah they made like a little a little like allusion to the flashlights earlier with like Kenji kind of like doing like a lightsaber move and stuff like that so you know yeah. they're there um, and Ben actually makes his way into the control car um, but he can't figure it out it's it, every I feel like everybody in the show is just like smashing buttons and trying to figure stuff out um, I, I empathize <laughs> me too me too after after I've the, been uh, there yeah. <laughs> after the start of this one for sure um, so. They he figures something out and it changes the track, switches it out, and um and they kind of sideswipe that other monorail, falls to the ground, explodes, and all the tyrannodons kind of rush over to that because light, you know. So yeah, Ben's happy, Ben's excited. Um, so we have a, a little audio clip here, um, of how excited he is and everybody else is. So let's take a listen. Uh, <laughs> ben! 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 ben, 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 ben. ben. You saved us, Ben. I didn't know you had it in you. That was uh that was that was insane. That was really tense sounding, especially just listening to the audio. Um a, yeah. lot, of sh- a lot of struggle <laughs> going on there. But that was like such a shock. Um, and I'll say, like, uh, you know, we had the early screener and everything, and mm-hmm. I, I, we sent the email, and it actually has all the spoilers in the email. So <laughs> I, 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 I'm reading the email, and I'm like, oh. No! I'm like, oh, I read all the details, like, really quickly, so... It came out of nowhere! It was just yeah. like, so please don't post until X date, X date, don't include
0: things from <laughs> in episode 2, or, like, like from this portion of episode 2, but it's, like, kind of vague, and uh-huh. then just at the end, it just kind of goes... <laughs> <laughs> I I read it and went, really?
1: Uh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought the same thing, like, I was just reading, like, generic, like, you know, don't share things like this, but then all of a sudden, here is Ben... you know, is, is carried away or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, so, but even still though, this moment is purely like shocking in this moment because of the excitement, the happiness, they just saved it. And then the slow-mo of this moment and you literally watch like the Pteranodon's like legs, just grip around him, twist. And then the other one grabs him and it dude, it's so odd. One of like the the, the coolest, like most iconic looking moments, uh, almost in a Jurassic thing in general. It's really cool. It's a
0: really great shot. And I typically don't like slow motion and stuff, uh, at least Mm -hmm. not like, not in everything I should say, obviously some properties earn it, but this was such a great usage of slow motion, like slow motion right there, because Mm -hmm. with the emotional impact, the thematic impact and just the way it looked, everything was like, it was like, okay, this was really, really cool. Like this was earned in like, uh first time slow motion was used properly in the jurassic movie other than like maybe like, <laughs> like i don't i there, i still am unsure <laughs> if we got slow motion in fallen kingdom or not or if the shots just odd you, you know which yeah. one i'm talking about yeah. with blue the, the,
1: the falling uh at that oh point, yeah we did get that
0: that was slow motion i guess that one's all right that one works the, the it one works yeah is- I, I don't have any issues with it but i think this one's cooler
1: yeah, the the Jurassic world's running of of blue with the whole lost world theme. I'm like, I'm still unsure as to why that's happening in that moment. <laughs> <But It's> like <laughs> so confusing, so confusing. <laughs> but this is this is so good. and and Darius grabs onto Ben and the Trinadadon like lets go of him. and it's just like this whole like, you know, cliffhanger sequence. He's hanging down. and literally just by the tip of his fingers, the the scene cuts black. And it's it, yeah, like every other episode, just a major cliffhanger into uh into episode eight. So
0: it's just probably the most horrifying. Um, I think that is the scariest, like most traumatic. I keep using that word, but that's kind mm-hmm. of a theme with this. Uh, like with Camp Cretaceous is kind of trauma, and it really is one because just him pleading for help, saying no, crying, everything while this is all happening. It's like. You're watching this, like, uh, this is a lot. Like, it's horrifying. (laughs) It is horrifying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. And at this point, I don't know what I, maybe I think based off of the fact that I read the spoiler and, um, and, and saw what I saw, I, I thought he fell at that moment. So, you know, skipping ahead, we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll end Mm -hmm. this in just a second, but we'll, uh, skip ahead to episode eight. Obviously, he falls in that episode, but like, I was like, oh, when episode eight picks up again, I'm like, oh okay, he's he's fine. Like uh, he's he's gonna he's gonna get pulled back. Like, he's okay. Um, I did think it was an
0: entire
1: <laughs> like an entire fake out. I'm like, oh man, right yeah. after such
0: a big moment, I'm like, oh, but um <laughs> you know.
1: But uh yeah, a pretty pretty fun episode. Um not a not a ton. They didn't really do a ton, but um But I think the stuff that's here, world building wise, like just building out little details here and there. I love I love that stuff. And this is a great episode for that.
0: Yeah, it all pays off. I think that conversation on the monorail where they get into some heavy themes and then this moment, especially is like the episode, maybe not as much stuff happens and the rest of it's just more of an action game point A to point B. But like that, those last 10 minutes or so, especially are really, really solid. um, Yeah, in my opinion.
1: All right, Some really so, solid 10 minutes. so as we head out of here, uh, where can everybody uh, find you online before we see you in the uh, next episode?
0: I, <laughs> uh, I, you know, all over the place.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're like, what are my handles? How do I, how do I? Do I, I don't know, I think it's
0: just, oh, I think everything's Chris-like Sino's. I, I think of I course. have, the, I think I have everything, synergist there and on Jurassic Outpost. <laughs>
1: awesome man well thanks for joining me and uh i'm excited to look at the the season finale uh in, in just a little bit here so thanks for joining me man. yeah
0: absolutely uh talks
1: very soon <laughs> <laughs> thank you all so much for listening make sure to find us over on jurassicparkpodcast.com Find us over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod, on Instagram, at Jurassic Park Podcast, and on Facebook as well. Please subscribe to us over on YouTube and follow us on all major podcasting and platforms. Thanks, everybody. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.